Welcome to the podcast. If I had a mouth anus, I would be successful. Crusty box transform. Seamus, come here. Sit on my lap. Here, here's a cigarette. Dry display. Fly display. What up, everybody? Welcome to You Gonna Eat That Crust Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Wilson, on the ones and twos, coming at you today with my co-host, my co-anchor, Seamus Rogers. Seamus, what's good? What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing tonight? Superb. Excellent. Also with me, also with me, follically challenged, the sweatpants overlord, owner of dogs, Gregory Hoey. Greg, what's crack-a-lagging? Oh, you know, rock and stone, baby. Just <laughs> rock and stone. That's it. Rock and stone, brother. No, rock and stone, brother. Word. I just got over COVID. Uh, me and Seamus were COVID brothers. Yeah. Seamus and I. Seamus and I were COVID brothers. And uh, Ryan and I were English brothers. Back in the day, we took English together. I thought I was... Taught me everything I know. I didn't think I was allergic to the COVID, I guess, until I got it. Um, you know, it's, it's saying it's the Omicron going around crazy. I'm still skeptical they even have strains. Oh, I got you the know. strains, bro. I got you ask them what strain strains you test for, and they never have the answer. I mean, they must like maybe they test them again later on. I don't know. At least you I got just the tested positive for Mac one. one. So, what's that, right? Said at least you guys got the coolest sounding one. I don't know. Now they're talking. They got the Delta Cron coming out. Delta Cron, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's dude. like a mix of Delta, Delta, and Omicron. That's like as Optimus Prime puts on a really dope backpack full of guns. It's just like that, <laughs> but a disease. Except Optimus Prime would be fighting for the health of all. That he would. Crusty <laughs> bots transform. So we got some sad news over the weekend. Bob Saget dying. Fuck. Yeah, I was uh, so mad uh, about that shit. Yeah, I was, I was looking for an update before the show, but uh, he had an autopsy this morning, but they didn't find any trace of drugs or foul play. They still don't know what he what occurred. I mean, Bob I Saget went pretty hard, so I'm sure it was just a life. He was so. found in his hotel room in Orlando, Florida. And pronounced deceased on the scene. Detectives found known signs of foul play drug use. Uh, he was in Florida as part of a stand-up comedy tour, which was intended to go to May and span the country. He had just performed like the night before. He lived a full life. Lived in a full house. Did. <laughs> and he fucked Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's lucky. That's Gibbler. Yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah, man, that was sad. Fuck. Just so closely after the all too young Betty White, too. Right. Yeah, man, I was really hoping she'd make it to a hundred. Hunt it. She didn't she doesn't give us good omens for the year going forward. Right. Who's next? Dave Couillet? Don't oh, say cut it. it out. Yeah, for <laughs> real. I did the thing with the fingers right there. I did too. Ah uh, shit. Yeah, well, 
<clears throat> such is life, boys. Such is life. We all can't uh, expect to survive for too long. Do you guys see what I did there? Yes, yes, I did. Can't live forever. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is about survival stories and crazy shit that's occurred to you know happened to people in life that they've uh, narrowly escaped the icy clutches of death. And speaking of icy clutches, the shed that I'm recording in is very fucking cold tonight. I know, I was thinking about you before we started. I was like, damn, is he actually going to go out there and do that tonight? I do it for you guys, all right? No longer do you hear the roar of my children in the background of our podcast. Now we just hear your teeth clicking together. (laughs) Chattering. It's great. All right, boys, so you guys ready to talk survival stories tonight, or fucking what? Destiny's Child. Ready. All right, Greg, I'm going to have you kick it off tonight, because you got this angelic voice that's just speaking to me tonight. Aw. I'm going to talk about the Thai soccer team, the Wild Boars. Um, After soccer practice in June 2018. Is this the one they kind of loosely based the Yellow Jackets on? Uh, I'm not sure. Or is that no? That was a year ago, or so. Yeah. Um, so June 8th, June 2018, uh, twelve members of a Thai soccer team and their coach decided to explore nearby Tham Luang Cave, one of Thailand's longest caves. The boys, aged 11 through 16, and their coach, 25, waded into waters and began exploring the cave. When a flash flood came, they were pushed deeper and eventually making their way to an elevated platform about four kilometers into the cave system. Uh, the flood filled the twisted cave with water, trapping the boys for 17 days. And uh, for the first nine days, they had no food and relied on dripping stalactites for water. But they did not sit and wait. Realizing they were trapped, the boys took turns digging a 16-foot hole into the cave wall, hoping to find a way out. They meditated to save energy and avoided thinking about foot. Must be that's got to be a typo. Food, <laughs> yeah, dude. Who, who published this article? Come on, man. So apparently they were thinking about foot. They wanted to do cannibalism, but they were like, "Hey, what about food?" Uh, so uh, British divers who had set up for the cave's entrance three hours prior happened upon the boys. Um, they were all like had to put like full like face masks on. Uh, Navy SEALs like came to uh, the Thai Navy SEALs came down and got them and each boy like had to like friggin put on the full face mask of scuba gear to get up there like, that's how fucking trapped they were unfortunately like one of the uh, Navy SEALs actually died in the rescue effort pussy <laughs> imagine how claustrophobic that must have been just being like uh, I can't even imagine like that's worse than like being like you know stranded in like like yellow jacket style or like I'm not gonna say um, the alive story because that's pretty brutal as well with the snow <clears throat> and they were also really fucked up and that's the most cra- that's the craziest one I mean obviously uh, people everyone knows about that one but so you can be cold I was watching this video just before uh, you know just before this. And I watched these people on a ski lift. The, the lift was stuck, and they were like, and there was cold water spraying up at, right onto them. At these these two people on the chairlift, and like the whole thing was stuck, and they were just stuck with cold water spraying on. Like, oh, oh god, I'd be miserable. I could fucking kill you. you know? <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be jumping out. It didn't look that high. I'd definitely be jumping out. For a second there, I thought you were talking about that movie. Like, I think it's called like Cold or whatever. With like the dude from X Men who plays Mister Freeze, and like they get stuck on a chairlift and shit. Like everybody like leaves the mountain. 
and they forget about them. Like, oh, we'll take one more run. And they get like caught on the chairlift and shit. And they like have to jump down. Like, of course, wolves are stalking them. And it's a fucking stupid horror movie. That would be awful. Uh, uh, Greg, I just uh, for the record, uh, Mr. Freeze is a Batman villain. Uh, you must be talking about Iceman uh, or Bobby Ivan, Drake. Go! <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. Sorry, and everyone guys. knows that the best episode that of anything that involves a ski lift was the Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, uh, episode where he had the edible undies in his fucking pocket and he got trapped on the ski lift. That's the big vagina <laughs> episode. <laughs> That's my vagina. This is it. <laughs> yeah, huge. You got the huge vagina. All right. So, uh, well, my question after I read this story: these fuckers willingly went into a fucking cave to go explore it. Yeah, they were just exploring. It obviously seemed like it was kind of like an innocent cave, and also when the like the flash, it probably would have been if the flash flood didn't happen. You know, they just kind of they got fucked over. You know, circumstantial, but uh, I mean. How could yeah, a cave be innocent? No, they were having good of random splunking. Yeah, they probably should have seen the descent first. Exactly. Anyone who's seen the descent knows better than to go into a fucking cave. I'm sorry, but without a gun, <laughs> a lot of flares. What if they were looking for the loot? Oh shit! Give me the loot! Give me the loot! I mean, is there morkite down there? Is there nitra? Let's yeah. go, rock and stone, baby. Rock and stone. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys so much. <laughs> Rock and Stone, brother. It's all right. <laughs> uh, well, boys, uh, I'm going to talk to you about uh, Daniel Hovel. All right. Now, Daniel Hovel's role as Mortimer and Mary Stewart called for him to commit suicide on stage every night in front of a horrified audience. When Mortimer's plans to free Mary, Queen of Scots from prison, fail, he slits his throat in anguish. Hovel had been playing the role for over two years without a single hitch until one fateful night oh. when a potential homicide may have been attempted in the most grandiose theatrical way possible. When Hovel went to cut his throat with a knife laid out on the table, just as it was during every other performance, the audience went wild with his stirring performance. So much blood. So realistic. Wait, why isn't he, he moving anymore? He didn't have blanks in the knife? <laughs> Fuck! Hovel's prop knife was identical to the real one, but obviously dulled. Somehow the knife on stage that night was real, and he legitimately cut open his neck. Jesus. Fortunately for Hovel, he missed his carotid artery entirely and merely needed stitches and a plaster cast to remedy his injury. Since the actor never decided to press charges, the question remains to this day, was it merely an accident? Or did someone want to take Hovel out with some pizzazz? It was the understudy! That's the only thing that makes it's sense. It's always the understudy. <laughs> I mean, look at that. Uh, that's messed up. Yeah, that'd be wicked fucked up. <clears throat> I don't yeah. know if this got a more or less roles, you know, as a, you know, after all was said and done, but fuck. Better him than I. <laughs> Fire the stupid prop boy. All right. So I'd like to talk about. Three Americans hiking in a jungle in Brazil. While hiking in the jungle in Brazil, they're attacked by cannibals. Oh, fuck. The cannibals say they'll eat them if they don't complete two tasks. They agree. The first task is to go to the center of the jungle and collect eight of one fruit. The first tourist, Craig, collects eight oranges. The second tourist, Bob, collects eight grapes. 
they all sit and wait for the third Roy, but they don't see him. So they just go on without him. The next, the next task is to shove all the fruit they collected up their ass without showing any emotion on their faces. Craig gets the two oranges before bursting into tears, so they tie him to the stake ready to be burned. Bob gets the six grapes before he starts laughing uncontrollably, and they tie him to the stake as well. Just before the cannibals set a light to the stake, Craig says to Bob, Why'd you start laughing? You could have gone free. Bob says, Well, because I just saw Roy coming out of the woods with eight pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were telling a real story at first. Nah, I was just, <laughs> I was like, is this the Green Inferno? All right, it's a, back to, to my real story. <laughs> Anyways, I was trying to bring a little levity to the survival. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the seven unbelievable survival stories of Frain Selleck. By all this interesting, checked by John Karoski, published June 4th, 2018. According to Selleck, the year was 1963, and the 32-year-old Croatian man had just received word that his mother was ill, making him determined to immediately fly from Zagreb to Rijeka to see her. The earliest flight available was already fully booked, but Selleck said he managed to persuade the sympathetic airline to let him sit in the plane's rear with the flight attendant, which he already sounds like a liar. <laughs> they don't allow that. I mean, of course, this was... Yeah, back in the day, they'd like to fly the plane. Yeah, back in the day, they'd be like, Seamus, come here, sit on my lap. Here, here's a cigarette. Drive this plane. Fly this plane. <laughs> Selleck recalled that his first experience with air travel went smoothly until shortly before landing. One of the plane's doors somehow flew open. He said, one minute we were drinking tea, and the next, the door was ripped open, and the flight attendant was sucked into midair, followed shortly by myself. Selick said the plane crashed and a flight attendant, two pilots, and 17 other passengers lay dead. Selick, however, claimed to have miraculously survived after landing in a haystack that cushioned his fall. I mean, uh, that's some Assassin's Creed shit, right? Right, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now he knows where all the checkpoints are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's synchronized with the horizon. Uh Anyways, the year before the plane crash, Selleck said he was on a train from Sarajevo to Dubrovnik, Dubrovnik that derailed, derailed and crashed into an icy river. But he claimed that despite suffering from hypothermia and a broken arm, he still sa- swam to safety and survived. In 1966, according to Selleck, these all seem to be according to Selleck. Yeah, but fucking video or, <laughs> video or it didn't happen. Right. Uh, he was on a bus that skidded into a river, leaving four dead. While again, he swam to safety of the banks and suffered only minor cuts and bruises. In 1970 and 1973, Selleck reportedly survived two similar accidents in which his car spontaneously caught fire while he was driving it. And then the next time, the car exploded before he was able to flee to safety. But yet, somehow, he did was able to flee to safety. I got a question. Is yeah. there any chance that this Selleck character is loosely based on M. Night Shyamalan's Bruce Willis Unbreakable? I don't know. It's a good question, huh? I have to ask M. Night. After 22 years accident-free, Selleck said he survived being hit by a bus while walking in Zagreb in 1995. The following year, Selleck claimed that he was driving in the Croatian mountains when an oncoming truck caused him to swerve off a 300-foot cliff However, he said that he was able to jump out at the last second and watch from a tree 
at the cliff's edge as his car plummeted downward. Woo, that was close. <laughs> this this guy deserves his own cartoon. <laughs> yeah, he's like fucking the he's what's his name? The fucking guy, Mr. Magoo. Yeah. He's right. like fucking all whoa, whoa. Totally Magoo. Selick told the telegraph that his friends were eventually hesitant to get in a vehicle with him or even be near him at all. There came a stage when I was lucky to have friends at all, he said. Many stopped seeing me saying I was bad karma. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is this a liar and annoying? Yeah, people don't <laughs> want to see me anymore. I'm a bad liar. They're sick of his fucking stories. And as one neighbor of Selleck said, put it like this: If Hard Frayne had looked, had booked a flight or a train, I would cancel. <laughs> Nevertheless, Frayne Selleck remained optimistic despite his many brush brushes with death stories. You could look at it two ways. He said in 2003, I was either the unluckiest man in the world or the luckiest. I preferred to believe the latter. Liar! Liar! I have I generate enough bad luck on my own. Fuck that guy. <laughs> That's hanging out with him. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. No shit. What's it gonna take? He can't die. Uh, Delta Cron. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, right. That's coming for him. Transform. <laughs> Oh, my heart! Unfortunately, there's not a lot of evidence to back up his stories, but he's still been published and interviewed many times. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to do another quick one, if that's cool with you guys. Oh, yeah. Get up. Lay it on. Michelina Lewandowska did not have the most loving relationship with her fiancé, Marcin Capspraz, but she was probably anticipating a nasty public breakup or confession of cheating when the relationship finally ran its course. Instead, when Casperaz grew tired of her, he and an accomplice attacked her with a stun gun, bound her hands and legs, and tried to think of how to get rid of the mother of his three-year-old son, no less. Jesus. His gruesome idea was to dump Michelina into a cardboard box, drive her out into the wilderness, and bury her alive under a few inches of dirt on a 90-pound tree branch so she would suffocate. In an interview she gave after the ordeal, Michelina recalled waking up in the shallow grave with thoughts of her child. She decided that she needed to survive in order to protect him from the man who did this to her. Thinking quickly, she was able to cut through her bonds with the engagement ring and claw her way out of the grave where she'd been for over two hours already. Though she escaped with her life, the psychological and physical effects haunted her for weeks. She suffered from insomnia and paranoia and had difficulty breathing and walking. Both her attackers were sentenced to 20 years in prison. For attempted murder. So did did it take her like the full two hours to cut through her bonds with her ring? I mean, I would imagine it would take quite a fucking while to fucking free uh, (laughs) a rope with a fucking ring. No, neither would I. I'm going to die. Totally. So she has trauma for two weeks. She didn't say like, yeah, I still have it. It's just like, nah, like two weeks and then it went away. That was good. <laughs> I'm fine now. I actually I don't think about it already. at all. Actually, it's kind of gone. <laughs> she had a job uh, job interview, and she wanted to sound like there was no nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'm fucking terrified. Now she's employee of the month at Ocean State Job Lots. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> now Michelle she's Lina. a coffin salesman. <laughs> Salesperson. Ah, uh, yeah, that's fucked up, man. I could imagine. Like that's that's a toxic relationship if I've ever heard one, boys. That's worse than uh, drowning is being like buried alive or 
There was some terrible Ryan Reynolds movie that was just him buried underground in a coffin for like two hours. It was horrible. I don't think I could watch that. That would give me super anxiety. It wasn't even fucking like, it wasn't even anxiety inducing. That one fucking five minute scene in Kill Bill was more anxiety inducing than this entire movie. Yeah, that wasn't. The two inch punch. Fucking right two inch punch. Like, that's all. Like, I've always. I would never want to drown, but I I would rather drown because quicker than losing your oxygen slowly in like a box under yes. the ground with no Especially hope. waking up and like the, you, there's no fucking way unless you're doing the – how many people, if they woke up in a coffin, would try the two-hand punch? <laughs> they just like sit there like ah, – ah. I, mean, I imagine <laughs> they try on everything. But... I know, but like, wait, I saw Kill Bill. I can get out of here. Yeah, you have to pra- you have to practice that technique and focus your chi. Okay, I think I'm gonna do that. Last that thing out. you do is is focus your chi when you're panicking for and thinking of fucking your life. Also, uh, Quentin Tarantino has to have a hard on for your fucking feet for you to do that. I have wicked fucked up looking feet. I think actually Tarantino would totally bang my feet. I and don't you know get what? his fetish. I'd let him. Tarantino, well, if you're listening, you want to bag my feet? Ever, has he ever? Focused on man feet. Let's find out. I, think, see if I don't know if it's way. like, is it all feet or is it specifically Uma Thurman's feet? Because her feet are in every fucking Quentin well, Tarantino. It's not movie. just Uma Thurman because it was what's her name and uh, Jackie Brown. Um, the heck was the girl that hung around with the drug dealer? Yeah, he's obsessed with feet. If like you, if he was like a killer in like Dexter or something like that, you would come down to his place. You would find just like trophy cases of all feet just everywhere. He keeps he keeps uh, plaster molds of his victims' feet. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Every skin color, every size, the big, the small, the man, the woman, them, they, all that. Um, well, didn't Marcel Wallace throw Tony Rocky Horror out of a fucking 10 story window for giving his wife a foot massage? Oh, shit, son. It's true. Facts. Uh, the same fucking shit. There was a, a show on Netflix called You that I watched. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was like fucking Dexter Light. Yeah, Joe. Um, yeah, his name's fucking Joe. All right. But the same fucking story happened in fucking. You like he fucking thought he killed his girlfriend. He buried her in the fucking woods under the ground. She fucking escaped and then just fucking came back and fucked with him. It was kind of like, is this where they got that from? What? So that is good. I heard that was like more of like WB Dexter. Dexter for WB people and kids. I'm just not going to talk about TV shows anymore. Right. I'm tired of defending what I watch. It's no real world road rules challenge season nine. This is America. Yeah. Well, we yeah. appreciate having things to argue and make fun of you. about. Yeah. It's good. It's all you got. Cause I'm pretty much fucking untouchable. There you mm. go. Yeah. That's why we got to bring you down sometimes. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> knocking down a couple pegs. It's like, like for us, like we're like, you know, close to perfect, and we there's no flaws about us at all. So it's you can't say that to us. Yeah, and you don't even know anything about Rock and Stone. Yeah, bro, fucking Rock and Stone, or you're not fucking going home. Look, I want to let you guys know that I have edits of all the fucked up shit you said in this podcast over the last year. 
and I can release that shit anytime. Oh, mm. so, you're gonna, so you're threatening to cancel our show? <laughs> Fuck! Don't you just stop, stop editing it. It's canceled. We've been canceled by ourselves. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't think this out too clearly. Aha! A lot like uh, Michelina's husband, I guess. Should have made sure the job was done. Because mm. dumb criminals are always more entertaining than interest than intelligent criminals. Absolutely. All right, do you guys have any more you want to talk about? Um, no. I mean, uh, I guess obviously people know about. The alive story. If you don't know about the alive story, the people that uh, crash in the in the Andes, um, it's a good read. It's a good movie. I like the movie too. It's a good movie as well. But uh, that book was that was one of my favorite books I had to read for school. Like it was very interesting. I'm not saying it's oh, so entertaining. Oh, it's just really good. It's, yeah, it's I had super to read it fucked for- up and sad. You know, obviously. I had to read it for school too. It was fucking pretty cool. haunting. Yeah, it, is I, it any of them? Is it any? Was it written by any of the survivors? Or I mean, account, accounts by this. I don't think a survivor wrote it. I think you know a, a person wrote it. Like after like interviewing multiple you know people yeah. and doing like the deep dive and stuff. Um, but yeah, they're fucking still haunted to this day. You know, some are vegetarians or so. You know, it's just I don't know how many are alive left or are left alive now, but uh, it was it was just brutal, and, and the conditions were fucking insane. Like, what was that, like, in the 80s? Uh, yeah, I want to say it was in the 70s. Yeah, it was in the, the 70s, because the movie came out in, like, late 80s or early 90s. True. Yeah. The movie has been out for a while. Yeah, yeah there was that great was, like, scene where they fucking... Great scene where they fucking slid down the mountain. Yeah. Uh, so, that. Alive tells the story of the uh, Uruguay rugby team... They crashed Friday, October 13th, 1972. Well, shit. Yeah, that shit's fucking wild. And I could just imagine that, like, crashing. And, like, obviously, surviving a plane crash is fucking insane. But then, like, you know, Ryan's fucking legs got a compound fracture. And Seamus is hungry. And he fucking hate. He doesn't eat anything. <laughs> you know. But his legs starting to look good. Yep. <laughs> And then the, the strong one, Greg, who was just like, you know, he's like, here, just jump on my back. I'll carry you to safety. And that's how it <laughs> happened. I could just only imagine, like, waking up from a nap on a plane and seeing, like, everyone panicking and going down. Like, what the, what's going on? Yeah, dude, that's what was intense about the Yellow Jackets there when they were on the Valium and they woke up and, like, the shit's fucking happening. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. Uh, best plane crash scene for me ever was The Edge. The Edge plane crash was fucking crazy. What's that? Alec Baldwin and um, oh. Anthony Hopkins. Like when the yeah, fucking, we'll, like all the gulls like fly through the fucking propeller or propellers. Yeah. We'll lure crazy. him out. Lure. <laughs> dude, when that guy, when that fucking dude got it. Whew. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was. Good movie. Right up there with Ravenous. Oh, baby. You see, guys, I'm pro cannibal all day long. Hell yeah! That's what I don't really survivor. Now I'm not saying that I would like just go and eat someone for shits and giggles, but if I was on the fucking Andes Mountains with a fucking 
gaggle of dead people and like some guys like you can have one Hershey square and a thimble full of wine. Fuck that we your eating. wife's ass. Yeah, I would have already been eating someone's thigh at that point. I'm like, oh, I always wanted to eat your wife's ass. <laughs> they ate the ass first, but they didn't eat the I, th- I think they stayed away from the women and like family members. They tried to do that. Like Tommy's got some fucking nice meter in his ass. Let's cut off a piece of that and eat it. Kind of sexist, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> they were the they were the uh Athletes, though, so they were leaner, yep. leaner meat. Yeah, they're I'm a, were... I'm, I'm, I'm a woke cannibal, all right? So I'll, I'll eat any ass. <laughs> oh. Hey. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do one more quick one, guys, all right? And then we'll, uh, we'll move on. Mm. Julianne Kopke had two survival stories to tell by the end of her ordeal. She's On lying. Christmas Eve... <laughs> On Christmas Eve, 1971, Cockpe flew on the Lands of Flight 508. The plane was struck by lightning. The plane began to disintegrate in midair, and Kopke found herself still strapped to her seat two miles above the Peruvian rainforest. She was battered. She was bruised. Her collarbone was broken, but she was alive, the only survivor of the flight. And now she found herself in the wilderness alone. Some candy was her only food, but she found a small stream. She waded down water in it, able to keep herself hydrated at the same time. Hopefully it wasn't a chunky bar. Now, did Shut you up, say her man. name was Cock P? <laughs> yeah, yeah Cope Key. Co- oh, I thought it was Cock P, like Cock P. That'd be a fucking <laughs> horrible name. Grow up. Hey, I never. <laughs> the insects in the jungle stopped short of eating her alive, and maggots had infected her arm. But after nine days, she was able to find an encampment. She gave herself rudimentary first aid, including pouring gasoline on the MAGA infestation. A few hours later. Well, I think they can. Yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be controlled. Like, you know, maggots will just replicate, I imagine, and just fucking like eat your body. Go to fucking don't control them. You'll turn into a maggot body. (laughs) Discipline your maggots. Turn into Jeff Goldblum from the fly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a few hours later, lumber workers found her giving her first aid and taking her to a more inhabited area where she was airlifted to a hospital. Uh, her story was eventually told in the 2000 documentary Wings of Hope by director Werner Herznog, who had a seat booked on that very flight before canceling at the last minute. Oh, oh shit. shit. Fucking it's like right. Nine, it's like the 9-11 <laughs> stories there with like so many like actors or actresses or people who were supposed to get on. Well, Seth, uh, uh, no, the, the fucking creator family guy. Yeah, yeah Seth, uh, I said Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Yep, yeah, he, he was, was, supposed, uh, he was supposed to be on that flight. Oh, yeah, that's right. He would have yeah, well, stopped, he would have ta- stopped the terrorism with, 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 with laughs. He'd have been like, hey, buddy. And he's done like a quagmire voice or something the, like that. The, the, <laughs> oh. the terrorist lightning strikes. <laughs> oh, buddy, that's funny. I feel like he would have gone into a song and dance routine. Actually, exactly. And all the other members of the plane would have fucking known the words to the song somehow. It would have been amazing, Shaking but that didn't hat. happen, and yeah. we will never forget. Respect. All right, Pete. Yeah. I feel like he would have been looking for a thunder buddy. <laughs> that's true. Aren't we all just looking for a thunder buddy, Seamus? <laughs> well, all 
right, motherfuckers, that's going to do it for uh, this section of survival stories. Now stay tuned for some other shit. All right. So would you rather be trapped 100 feet below the surface of the sea in a capsized boat within a four foot air pocket with cold water surrounding you, nothing to eat for or drink for 62 hours, plus some bottles of Coca-Cola, or capsize your canoe in alligator-infested swamp water for over an hour, hour while you try to get a foothold in the floating mat of vegetation surrounding the channel whilst fighting off gators and trying to get your canoe flipped back over. So, so the former is what happened to Harrison O'Keen, yeah. who was employed as a cook on a tugboat that got caught in a sudden ocean swell that capsized the boat and sunk. He had a small air pocket that he held back the cold water the best he could using mattresses. Meanwhile, he said he could hear sharks and barracudas swimming around the boat and feeding on the drowned passengers. So the the air pocket trick is attributed to Boyle's Law. When you increase atmospheric pressure, pressure, say by sinking 100 feet underwater, in his case of the tugboat, gases become denser. This meant the tiny air pocket actually contained a lot more oxygen than it would on land. Meanwhile, that lethally cold water aided O'Keen by absorbing absorbing the murderous carbon dioxide he was breathing out so the CO2 levels never built up to toxic levels. Wow. The latter was Tom Walker, South Florida alligator and boar guide and sur- survivor. He was allegedly hanging out with a cool 14-year-old kid, <laughs> and he really wanted to retrieve the gator for him that he had shot with a two forty three rifle while they were hunting hunting with for nuisance tags. Nuisance tags are given out to decrease the population of alligators that present a threat to pets, livestock, or humans. They had hooked the wounded gator and had a second 12-footer coming their way when he forgot that he had tightened the drag down on the wheel and the wounded gator pulled them overboard, capsizing the canoe. Fuck. So one stuck for days... By himself, underneath, he can't really move. He just has some Coca Cola to drink and cold water with an air pocket, or fighting for your life in gator infested swamps, trying to recapsize your canoe. What would you rather do, Ryan? Uh, I'm gonna fucking drink the Coca Cola and be slightly cold. Don't fucking fuck with gators. What the fuck? Yeah, you imagine just the anxiety of swimming around with gators, knowing there could be like. Trying to grab you at any moment. Fuck no, dude. You see the right. saltwater crocodile and shit like that? Those things are like fucking 26 feet long or some shit. I'm good. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 the, they're the equivalent of water monsters. Oh, absolutely. Craig, what, what would you rather do? I feel the same happen. way. I would join Ryan and we'd be sipping Cokes. Maybe even a Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, I don't know. stuck down there freezing for... Yeah, there's this place uh, in Barrington or wait, it might, it might be Epping. It's called a uh, zoo creatures and they have like a fucking crocodile and <clears throat> it's fucking scary. I remember I brought my dog Gary there back in the day and like the crocodile was like, it looked like a fucking rock and it just was like kind of like inching closer towards Gary. <laughs> like, I, I mean, imagine it's, age. It's, uh, it's like, you know, swamp water is usually not very clear either so it's just like guessing and wondering where they are or how close they are yeah fuck you that. know like i was thinking like 
saltwater too. You can't really see that well, or like having a shark near you. Just yeah, that dude in the tugboat was definitely that was definitely obviously a fucking crazy situation too, and that would have been scary as fuck, especially hearing all the sharks and people getting ripped apart. Yeah, that's, with you. that's one of the craziest survival stories I read. Like, yeah, you 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 think you're dead, you know, you know. You have days of just thinking, like, I'm fucked. I'm yeah, and when do you just say inside, like, fuck, I got to get out of here. I got to fucking, I got to swim and for it. held on. Yeah. yeah scared, exactly. scared one of the rescuers, too, like, grabbing <laughs> grabbing them. They didn't think they'd find any survivors. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, all right. Would you rather sleep under the earth and eat dirt like a worm or sleep in a nest of twigs, sticks, leaves, and eat worms? daily i'll go with that Frank. one i will say i would rather be in the nest because that means i can fly um so i would rather be you know what if you're just a crippled baby bird and you never fly well i'd have a sick view and just eat regurgitated worms yeah right? and i would just have my mom bring me regurgitated worms all the time it was a pretty pretty good deal when you said greg was a, when you said greg was a uh, a, a crippled bird who will never fly. I know what you were trying to say, Seamus, and I want to let you know I'm here for you. For me or for Greg? Yeah, I need to support. One you, whichever one of you is the sad bird, I'm here yeah, for you. So. Uh, I find it. worms to be fascinating creatures, guys. They have two anuses, all right? <laughs> they help my garden. It's good to know. Cut uh, a worm in half and it grows into a new worm fucking love so, worms does it grow a new worms. anus or was there already an anus on both ends Ooh. i think they and yeah they must have is it next to their grow. mouth or is it a mouth anus it's a mouth anus, a anus. and who's who doesn't want a mouth anus like <laughs> i got one <laughs> if i had a mouth anus in high school nobody would have bullied me because i would have mouth shit all over him if i had a mouth anus i would totally own at the human centipede <laughs> <laughs> if i had a mouth anus I'd have so many anal beads. If I had a mouth anus, I'd have an anus on my mouth. If I had a mouth anus, I would be successful. <laughs> if I had a mouth anus, Tammy would take me to the prom finally. If I had a mouth anus, all my problems would be over. Well, if you guys both had mouth anuses, this podcast would be super successful. If only we all had mouth anuses, we'd be stars. <laughs> I'm praying to God right uh, now. Yeah, so, so we I could think, I, we could sell pictures of our mouth anus to TMZ like little Dicky. Mm. We could have a mouth anus only fans page. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, that's got to be uh, a little niche in uh, the porn district. Let's do an episode on mouth anuses. If you're eating with a mouth anus, is that considered anal? Mm. Yeah. yeah. It is. Fuck. Cannibalize your anal. Is it fellatio or consumption? <laughs> That's actually the name of the novel I'm writing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to read yeah, it. So that's, I mean, I feel like you guys know my answer. I'm pro worm. I'm going to eat the dirt. You just live in the dark, dark earth with no eyes, but have two anuses. Don't worry, I'm hey. gonna be eating your anus pretty soon when my mom brings you have me two up. mouth anuses. <laughs> my mom's gonna no dig eyes. you dig you up from the earth and bring you up to her crippled baby bird, and I'm gonna <laughs> fucking rip into your anuses, all of them, your mouth anus included. 
Oh, I feel like they definitely. <laughs> to be a bird. I'm a peck at your mouth. mouth I'm, a, I'm a peck at your mouth anus with my, <laughs> with my beak, <laughs> my sharp, sharp beak. I'm actually into it. So thank oh. you. I'm just picturing a bird pecking at my regular anus, and that does not sound fun. Ooh, yeah, it hurts. Well, if the bird is well-trained just to aim for dingleberries, this is true, but birds aren't known for their their intelligence. Really? They're not? What about fucking ravens and shit and crows? Crows will fucking rob the same person Day after day, there's a group of crows in some town that's literally breaking into this guy's house every day, stealing shit from him and just, like, dropping it off in their nests. Well, clearly, Greg's not a crow. He's a New England plumed mouth anus. I am not a croon. (laughs) I am not a croon. All right. The last one. Would you rather have warm food daily but cold shower and bathroom, like like bathing like in the medieval times, like oh. you don't have any hot water and your your chamber is freezing cold. Like say like you have an outhouse outside all year round and it's oh, cold. Would it be like the shed that I'm currently recording in, Seamus? <laughs> yes, but you don't have to shower and go to the bathroom in there every day. Or yet. would you cold food, you can never have warm food, but a modern day warm electric bathroom. Jesus. What kind of food are we talking? Are we talking like gazpacho? Because I don't like gazpacho. BLTs. I'm talking about cold or warm food. Where are you at? Uh, you know, I like to sleep with the, the room being cold anyway, so I can just fucking wrap up all snuggly in the blankets. So I'm going to take my hot meals and I'm going to eat them till I'm so fucking full. All I want to do is fall asleep anyway. So give me that. Give me that option, all right? I won't even be cold. That's right. I'll be a gluttonous, fat piece of shit like the guy in Seven who died from eating all the spaghetti. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to be taking cold baths, maybe cold showers. My nipples are going to be so razor sharp. I'm going to be slicing through that thick, sweet, hot meat of a mouth anus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. I think I would take cold food and have warm. You can't fathom. I couldn't imagine being cold every day, every every movement, every stool, every every bathing session. Cool, cold stool. Every shit <laughs> Ah, it's freezing on my ass. Oof. You still got as long as the beers aren't warm. Just poop out your mouth, ain't Yeah, I like my beer cold as well, but I'll drink it warm. Ugh, I'm really, mad? I'm really like. Are you? I'm the ultimate killing machine, basically. <laughs> the perfect weapon. That's what I heard about you. You, you, you are the, a survivor. <laughs> He'll cannibalize with his mouth anus. He'll drink his beer cold and warm, and he will not stop ever until you are dead. Fuck that! He's living in the earth. He's just a worm. <laughs> Step on him. <laughs> Peck his mouth anus. (laughs) All right, Seamus. Well, that was beautiful. Now stay tuned for some other shit. Oh, yeah. It's Gregor's stories. I gotta tell you that it's Gregor's stories. Yeah. Ah, 
Greg, I believe you wanted to do some fucking Gregagories for oh, us today. Oh, Gregagories is back. Uh, we rolled the dice. You guys picked a number, so I have a special question just for Seamus, who is the winner. So he gets to answer the last question at the end. Um, and so I score the Gregagories by style. These answers give you one to ten points. I am the judge. I hold the key. I am the sweatpants overlord. Now, when you have an answer, you know the buzzing. Sweatpants overlord, give your answer. First person to answer might gain a little bit of style points with me. So, you know, just you might you might want to, you know, grease the wheels a little bit. Okay. I roll I also, you know, got the uh, the dice and uh, the generator, the dice generator and rolled for all these questions. So I have my letters. First question, are you boys ready? Woo! Ready. Okay. Name a survival TV series or movie that begins with the letter T. Sweatpants Overlord. Yes, Ryan. The Edge. <gasps> Does that count when you use the, the word? Yeah. Well, I'm going to allow it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tommy Boy. Okay. All right. uh, This is the end would have been another acceptable answer. All right. So the scoring so far is Ryan with eight points and Seamus with two. Okay. At least I get credit for answering. Yep. You do. You do. It made me laugh a little bit. So that worked. Okay. Name an album, a song, and a band that begins with the letter L. An album, a song, and a band. Doesn't the have to be same, the same all for doesn't one. Doesn't have to be the same for all for one. It has to be an album, a song, or a band. Anyone. Begins with the letter L. Sweatpants Overlord. Yes, Ryan. Uh the band Lettuce. <laughs> the song Let Me Lick Your Pussy. <laughs> okay. And the album Live from the Muddy Banks of Wishka. Okay. Um, I'll go with Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, loser. Mm-hmm. Beck. There's no Beck album loser. called Loser. It's pronounced Loser. It's not an album. It's not a fucking album. He said song. Uh, yeah. Chill. Oh, Let me fucking finish. I'm doing my album last. Jesus. I'm so chill. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Docking points for that. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Luchadors on the Rise album by the Luchadors. Whoa, the double L. That's usually two Damn. points in categories. So that was fucking deep. Is that a thing? Those are both amazing answers. Did you make that up? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Did you about. fucking make it up? Uh, I never heard Luchadors the on the Rise. That was. I would give you guys both a nine for that. That was both great. Okay, back to the game. All right, I'm going to need you to name a snack food that begins with B. Sweatpants Overlord. Mm. Brownies. Yes, my friend. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Yep. What do you say? Brownies. Brownies. Like Sweatpants Overlord. Table bites. Oh God! Damn it! Ooh, that's a double. The key to my heart. Um, and are we, are we talking about brownies like the characters in Willow? Or are we talking about the delicious brownie treats? 
Again, Greg, pro-cannibalism all day long. I don't give a fuck about those little brownies. You I'll know what, that answer all day just, long. That answer just gave you more points. Okay. <laughs> now, Seamus with the bagel bites. That was a straight 10. That was fucking... I, I mean, yeah, that's I that's it. a du- that's the double, and that's right to my heart. Like anybody who knows me knows I like a good pizza on a bagel, especially <laughs> a bagel bite. Um, so that's a straight ten for Seamus, bringing him to a total of twenty-one points. Now, Ryan, I like brownies. Brownies are great, but I like cannibalism too. I'm going to give you an eight because you know, though brownies are. They're decent. Who doesn't love a brownie? It's kind of a generic answer. But it is. adding the brownies characters from Willow to eat them, that bumped you up like a lot of points. So nice. we're gonna put that's gonna put Ryan at twenty-five. And we have one more question before Seamus has the bonus question to earn himself some extra points. So Ryan better separate himself pretty quickly here. All right. I'm going to need you guys to name a pizza place that begins with the letter M. Uh, so, Pensola, what is Mega Meatballs? Oh, Jesus, this guy. Sweatpants. Lord. Me. Yes, my pants-wearing friend. Ed. Oh. Son. What the hell is happening? Was that, is that, a, was that a, a joke? Was, were you trying to do a bit right there? Well, I thought if I faked a technical difficulty, I'd have time to come up with an answer, but uh, reluctantly, I have nothing. Reluctantly, Crouch, at the start, I lied. You got nothing? What fucking pizza place that begins with M? Yeah. I feel like Seamus made up all his answers anyway. (laughs) 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 No, uh, Ron, Ron, fact check that. No, I don't care. Fire up the laptop. Fact check that shit. Because everybody knows not one pizza place begins with the letter M, except for New Haven, Connecticut, Modern Pizza. What about Mamma Mia? There's not a pizza place in the world called Mamma Mia. The fuck there isn't. Yeah, they went out of business. <laughs> Look, I have my I have my phone in my hand. And I didn't even Google because honor and shit. All right. Well, I Skip the fucking points. I don't give a fuck. Holy There's no shit. stakes here. There's oh no my stakes. God. Well, actually, the loser stays alive, and I'm on my way to your house to kill you. I'm sorry. It's just uh, it's a survival Gregory's. I'm uh, not afraid of anyone that wears sweatpants. Ever. I'm a further ever. ride, so you were destined to die regardless. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to give Ryan for that. I'm going to give him five points for that. To talk not, for not even coming up with an answer? Yep. Just, an just, angry outburst? I'm teasing him. I'm mocking him. Because Seamus gets the last question. You can pick one creed to live by. What is that one creed? Sweatpants uh, Overlord, Scott Stapp. Well, for sure. It's Rock and Stone, baby. It's fucking <laughs> Carl's Creed. And that's a 10. For and that's life. the winner. Seamus, the final score, Seamus Rogers, 100 points. Ryan, negative one. For Carl and Rockestone. Rockestone, brother. Hey, can I just, real quick, uh, you made this seem like it was a random, Seamus gets the last answer, but the last answer involved a show that only you and Seamus had seen? 
Seems a little sus to me, Greg. I don't know. What do you? I don't even know what <laughs> you, show you're talking about. You think about. it's a show means you just lost anyways. <laughs> Come on, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, whenever you guys made sweet love and gave each other coronavirus, you came up with it maybe. I don't know. But you know, uh, So the bitter, bonus question was... Bitterness isn't going to score you any bonus points. That's what we rolled for. That's what we rolled for at the beginning. Like I, You could have had that question, and I would have customized it for you. I customized that one for Seamus because I knew... The key to his heart. That's Rock and Stone. Customized it like the pizza at Mamma Mia's Meatballs. Uh, oh, if you would have dropped Mamma Mia's Meatballs, which is like my third favorite pizza place, that's a triple score. <laughs> you would have won easily. Yeah. You had the means to win. Ryan. You did. You blew. Damn it. You blew. You did I not always survive. do this. This was a really right. tough game of Gregory's. Seamus survived. <laughs> well, the better man won. Congratulations, Seamus. Glad I didn't have to eat anything. <laughs> Except mouth anus. Oh, I eat a pizza with my mouth anus. I think the next question we need to ask is when are mouth anus shirts going to happen? Ooh. You going to eat that mouth anus? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we're more likely to have Rock and Stone shirts coming in. <laughs> yeah. We're more likely to get an email first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> never get emailed. No one, everyone hates us. I want an email. I check it every day. Every day. Get I our first it. email. It's going to be a big occasion. I know. I just want someone to write an email and be like, fuck you. <laughs> you guys suck. I don't, yeah. care. I don't care if that's what it was. It'd be I, hilarious. I, I, would, I would like that, actually, even more. Like, fuck your, <laughs> fuck your mouth anus, you piece of shit. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this episode about survival stories. I'd like to thank my my co-host for hanging with me and just always being the light in the shadowy world we live in. Thanks, guys. Always be the space heater to your cold shed. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I also want to thank everyone for listening and coming back in 2022. This is going to be our year, baby. It's going to be our fucking year. I feel it. Rock and feel it. Rock yeah. and stone. Rock and stone, baby. I want to say to everybody, you know, subscribe, follow, like on all that stuff on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Hit up Ryan. You'll be talking to Ryan. You know, um, we do this thing. We email. Um, you're going to eat that crust at gmail.com <laughs> or going to eat that crust at gmail.com. Tell us to fuck off. Tell us we're awesome. Tell us to fucking suck a mouth anus. Who knows? But, you know, Spotify, Apple Pod Music, YouTube, all that stuff. And if you think we're doing a good job, go check us out over at Anchor. We have all that sweet, sweet material for our Patreon. Not. But if you want to help contribute, maybe we will. Thanks for listening all. We're going to continue to have fun and bring you shows throughout 2022. Enjoy. That's right, everyone. And remember, Rock Crust. We trust. <laughs> I muted the call, and then I was too late to get synced. Now, uh, Greg ruined it anyway, like yeah. usual. Well, let's try it again. Ready? And crust. And crust. We, we trust. trust. Why? Yeah, Why? It's it. fucking. Those are awful. Jesus, you guys fuck. Have no talent. And crust. <laughs> we trust. It's over. It's I'm done. Over, yeah, we're done. <laughs> This ends our podcast. I don't give a fuck. Just 
here. There's no stakes. I'm a woke cannibal, all right? So I'll eat any ass. Because I knew he'd do his heart. I brought the stone.